Hi, everyone. Welcome to Millennium Live, a digital diary podcast. We sit down with the top C-suite executives and talk all things digital transformation. Marketing and retail expert Mark Friedman hails from a number of top retail companies like Steve Madden and Brooks Brothers. Mark is now the president of Details Interactive and recently launched his own podcast, The Marketing Playbook Podcast. Tune in to hear Mark's thoughts on DTC Brands Journeys, the changing role of the CMO, and common trends with early stage startups he currently advises. Thanks so much for joining us, Mark. My pleasure, Kara. How are you today? Good. We are very happy to have you here. Thank you. I'm curious to hear a little bit about your background and what ultimately led you to Details Interactive. Well, I've spent most of my career in direct-to-consumer businesses, uh, actually got my start in finance. I was an auditor uh, very early on, but fortunately got out of that, uh, moved into a startup catalog business, first in finance, but then in catalog marketing, and then you know, kind of just progressed into uh, marketing and always have been interested in you know, how you drive customers to do what you want them to do the bridge between finance and, and auditing and, and numbers and metrics, you know, was a, a good match for marketing, which is, you know, very analytical. And most of my career has been, you know, performance-based marketing. So I've worked in catalog businesses that have been uh, only catalog pre-web, but also uh, as they've morphed into uh, internet businesses and, and also a number of businesses that had four-wall retail. So Brooks Brothers and then uh, seven years at Steve Madden as president of e-commerce. So you're now in a mentoring role with early stage startups. And, and have you noticed anything in these startups that larger companies should be taking note of? That's a good question. Um, one of the things is that, you know, larger companies are so metric driven and, and so success and failure driven, which is, you know, it's not, the, not a, a bad thing, but um, there's not enough failing uh, that at least uh, people acknowledging that they're failing. And, you know, in the, in the smaller businesses and the startups, you know, they're failing, you know, at very high rates, um, but there's lots of good successful ones as well. Uh, I've noticed that the companies that I've mentored, almost all of them have had to pivot at some point uh, in their process. Uh, oftentimes I've seen them, you know, they come in and they think, geez, we have a direct to consumer business that we really want to start. But in fact, they realize how expensive it is to acquire customers. So then they think about, well, you know, what would we do differently? And they, many of them pivot to become B2B. So I do just want to talk about DTC brands, and it's been a rocky year. I know just recently Brandless had a closure, for example. Do you think this slowdown is a red herring of what's to come or something else? What, what are your thoughts on this? Well, we, we are now, you know, we're taping here early March and, and coronavirus is, is among us. And, um, you know, that is clearly already starting to impact the travel industry. Uh, you would expect that the malls are going to be impacted. You know, unfortunately, um, that might bode well for the Internet. Um, you being able to buy more from from remote, but you know, look, I think these businesses, um, you know, we we have a, an ongoing shakeout. People have talked about the fact that you know retail is dead. I, I don't really believe that. Um, I believe bad retail is dead, and and all too often you walk into stores, you can't find what you want. There's nobody to help you. But those businesses that are recommitting efforts to training staff to helping the consumer when they walk in, not to overtly sell you stuff, but to be able to answer questions and, and really focus on conversion rate. You know, you walk into a shoe store, you know, I was at, at Madden for a long time, you know, you walk into a shoe store and, you know, guy or, or woman walks in and they ask for the size nine of that shoe. Well, you know, all too often they'd be bringing out just that shoe. 
well, what about you know something else that you know, a customer might want? So you know, I think a lot of it is we do things to ourselves, you know, as retailers that we could be better servicing the customer. Given the increase of competition in e-commerce, obviously brand loyalty is a leading challenge for today's marketers. So tell us a bit more about your experience in customer acquisition and retention programs. So while at Madden, we, and and for those that might not know, Madden is a public company very heavily geared towards wholesale. So selling their products, uh, not only on stevemadden.com, but uh, also at uh, Nordstrom and Macy's and Amazon and Zappos and all of their associated stores. And we also had our own stores as well. And while I was there, uh, we created a loyalty program. Um, I've been gone two years and and the loyalty program still exists and they've embellished it, you know, more. But, you know, the whole idea was to be able to provide uh, consumers another reason to come to stevemadden.com. And, you know, you could come for price, you could come for product. Um, and, and, you know, we had a, a broad array of, of men's and women's products, but you want to try and get more, you know, the average purchase is, you know, one and a half times a year, but I know, at least in the women's side of business, uh, they're buying many more than one and a half pairs per year. So, you know, how do you get uh, more market share? And, you know, we believed that the loyalty program, as with other businesses, um, would help us to get more wallet. Um, but in our case, it wasn't just about offering discounts. We were trying to offer an experience. You know, for the millennial customer, they're very focused on not just about the discount, but what can you do for me that I can't buy for myself? So we tried to build a program that was around both promotion as well as experience. You recently started a new project, The Marketing Playbook. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. We've been listening in. So what are some of the challenges that you're hearing from executives on marketing during this digital transformation? So, uh, yeah, thanks. The, the Marketing Playbook uh, is a podcast that I, I just started, and, and people can download it wherever they get their, their podcasts. And uh, I've kind of started it as a hobby, uh, but also, you know, maybe it, it drives business as well. You, you hear a lot of similar things, and, and so far at this date, you know, I've had the opportunity to speak to the CEO of Levi's and to the head of marketing at Reebok. So, you know, two obviously very strong brands. You hear a lot about attribution. Um, we call that the A word um, because lots of people don't want to talk about it. You know, attribution, just a, a fancy term for I spend $100 and where is that $100 going and how is it helping to drive traffic to either my stores or my, my online business or what have you. Um, so that's a big challenge um, for people is how to uh, rationalize their spend, having a good understanding of, you know, if they have devo- want to commit X amount of dollars more, where should the next channel be that I spend that money? And, you know, in one of our sessions here that I, I moderated, you know, I put out the imaginary, all right, somebody drops a million dollars in your lap in your marketing budget. And now I ask, all right, where are you going to spend it? You know, most oftentimes people, they have ideas, but they don't have a well-defined game plan as which are the next most efficient methods to spend money on. So you are also moderating another session uh, this afternoon. It is a panel on the changing role of the CMO. And I know from being on that prep call that people have quite an opinion on it. What is your overall thought on this? Are we going to see more 
brand and customer officers or, or will CMOs come back around? I don't know if the, if the title will come back around, you know, as I've, and, and as we heard on the, on the prep call, you know, most everybody, um, you know, feeling that the, the traditional definition of the CMO just doesn't exist anymore. And when I get calls and talk to recruiters and see clients, they're asking for the head of marketing to be just about everything that could ever possibly fall under marketing. They want you to be the brand person. They want you to be a performance person. They want you to understand traditional media, so outdoor and radio and TV. And then they want you to be a, a paid search guru. And oh, by the way, let's throw some influencer and, and social there. And oh, by the way, um, we want you to be you know, out of a digitally native brand because that's the only cool thing that's out there and you should have a little tech thrown in. So anyway, that's a long-winded you know, way to say that the role has, is, is evolving, continues to evolve. You hear lots of titles, chief digital officer, chief customer officer. At the end of the day, the senior marketing role is to protect the brand, in my opinion, and drive revenue. So however we call that role, um, that position, I think, is going to you know, continue. It needs to get support not only from the CEO uh, and the head of the organization, but from the other C-level people around the table. And everybody seems to you know, put a target on the back of the CMO. You know, the the change-out rate continues to get shorter and shorter. And you, know, you don't see that quite the same way if I'm the chief human resources officer or if I'm the CIO um, or even, you know, the head of the retail uh, chain. It's it's more about the marketers. We'll be curious to hear how that panel goes and hear the opinions. <laughs> well, thank you so much for for being here. And I'm curious, you've been around for the day and a half of our assembly. What are, what are your thoughts on our smaller scale programs? Obviously, we're a bit more intimate than some other conferences. So what are, what are, you, what are the benefits of attending these smaller programs? Yeah, small is great because you get to have some more one-on-one, you know, kinds of conversations, not only with the providers that, you know, you all have brought in, um, but with the other delegates. And, and attendees, um, you know, there's you're sharing three or four meals. You can, you know, pretty much sit down wherever you want. You know, you get to see businesses that are direct to consumer. I've met some people here that were B two B. I've seen some providers. So, you know, small is and intimate is is sometimes very nice. Good. Thank you again, and we hope to see you soon. My pleasure. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure to listen and subscribe to our podcast exclusively on iTunes and SoundCloud to get the inside scoop from top execs in the world of digital transformation.